from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. Indeed, as usual, downtown Champaign at the Esquire, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen in the house. We've got some guests lined up for you. Any questions in the audience, give us uh, a raise of your hand. We'll take care of that. A football weekend in the uh, rearview mirror. Another one coming up with uh, number 16, Michigan, coming into town to take on the Fighting Illini. The Cardinals are trailing the Braves in the eighth inning in St. Louis. How are you doing, Steve? I'm okay. How are sure. you? Sure. I, I can't watch right now, so I'm, I'm just looking... Trying, the, to, trying to avoid the TVs here at the Esquire. All the people that you think that are looking at you. Exactly. They're, they're watching right the Cardinals game behind me. Hi, everyone. <laughs> but uh, it's getting late for the Cardinals in more ways than one, not just in this ballgame, but in the season. At least they scored three runs so far. They did, but you knew that wouldn't be enough. No, it never is. Their offense is horrific. Earlier today, there was a, a game already played, and uh, Tampa stayed alive with a 10-3 to win over the Astros, and that series is now 2-1. to one. Houston, they'll play again tomorrow. Some other games coming up tonight. Uh, so another Cardinal fan here, Scott Ritchie, are you wrapped up in the baseball playoffs, or has Matt got you too busy doing other stuff? The latter. Yeah, I mean, although between all of my travels this weekend, I yeah, did manage. How many, how many cities were you in the last 48 hours? I don't know. It's, I mean, just two, three, counting this one, I guess. But a uh, quick trip to Minneapolis, but I did manage to – Watch a, a great start by Jack Flaherty get squandered by the Cardinals, so nothing new there. And uh, unfortunately for Illinois fans, nothing new really on the football field either. I like what you – that was a good segue. Do you, uh, do you have that planned all day? Uh, no, I'm just real good at okay. it. Lovey Smith uh, met the media today as he does on Mondays. Bob, did you learn anything? No. Bob the Braves, Bob the, Bob the Braves fan over here, by the uh, way. I learned that uh, he's not going <laughs> to tell us much, which is kind of the deal. Lovey doesn't believe in the sharing, which is fine. I would rather how his marriages are working, but that's fine. And uh, I just said that. I, I think that, I think, I'm guessing, I told you this, Steve, off there. I, I can't imagine Brandon Peters will play quarterback on Saturday. He, got, he took a hard shot against Minnesota. I, he came out of the game, did not go back, wobbled off the field. I don't think he's coming back to play in this game. I think it will be Matt Robinson again at quarterback. I, I would be stunned if it's not Matt Robinson. And that's what I wrote for tomorrow. To talk some Illinois football, the uh, gentleman that just joined us is Martin O'Donnell, part of, our, part of our radio broadcast team, who I'd like to say uh, took a couple weeks off. You got him turned on there, uh, Mr. Ed. Speak in that mic, Martin. There you go. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I was telling Bob, he looks great, on? too. Yeah. Well, I was going to say you took a couple of weeks off, but you probably worked harder than uh, you would have had you been working, but congratulations on... Thank you. The newest addition to your family, Sean, right? Sean O'Donnell, yeah. 
Sounds like an offensive lineman or a tight end. Pulling guard. Pulling yeah. guard. <laughs> When's number four coming? I'm just kidding. Bob gets Bob's right on there. a roll right now. Bob's on a roll. <laughs> Welcome back, Martin. <laughs> now, congrats. That's awesome. We had uh, Kurt Kittner do one game in your place and Wes Lunt do the game over the weekend. They, those guys did a good job there. We're happy to have you back in the booth this weekend. You've been paying attention to Illinois football. A little bit, yeah. What, uh, How'd we do? We don't, need to, <laughs> we don't need to go back to the Nebraska game, I guess, but uh, even though the offense played better, one of my questions tonight is, what has happened to the offense, guys? Somebody give me an answer. They're watching the Cardinals, apparently. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I think from my perspective, and it's hard to put a, a finger on it, it's, it's one of those things where I just feel like the offense has yet to really gel. I mean, things just aren't clicking. You know, as I go back, and I haven't rewatched Saturday's game yet, but in watching Nebraska and watching Eastern Michigan, you know, some portions of the UConn game, it's kind of thing, you know, the, the beautiful thing about football is 11 guys need to do their job on every play to be successful. The infuriating thing about football is 11 guys need to do their job on every single play to be successful. So. What I've seen is it, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it'll be a run to the right and everybody's got a good block going except for, you know, somebody trying to cut off on the backside's not able to get them. So to me, it's just there's aspects where we look really good, um, but it's just not clicking. And that's not a really satisfying answer, but it's kind of one of those things where it doesn't, it can fall into place. Um, so I don't know, they just seem a little bit disjointed the past couple games. Martin, you've been on some of those teams that were really good and not so good. Is there something that kind of can make it all click together? And is there a lot of like disharmony when they're not doing going well? What's the off the field stuff like, and maybe locker room stuff like when guys are struggling? No, I, th I think the biggest thing is just confidence. Okay. I mean, confidence is, sure. is really what, you know, it, as we look across college football, I mean, the talent gap from team to team is really not all that huge. I mean, if you really try to want to quantify that, it's not all that big. The, the difference is confidence. And so, uh, you know, in 2007, from a talent perspective, we weren't that much different than we were in 2006, right. but, but we had a lot more confidence. Okay. And so I think that's part of it. So that's why I think against, you know, against Michigan on Saturday, you know, it's a matter of coming out and, and starting fast because Illinois hasn't really started fast that many games. You know, defensively, you could say against Nebraska, obviously, and then offense was able to capitalize. But, you know, just in terms of getting a good eight-play drive, executing, converting third downs, um, I don't think it creates disharmony. I think guys are obviously disappointed. But, right. um, you know, that's the great thing, too, is it's, it's a week-to-week -week thing. So now they have to focus on Michigan because Michigan's coming here on Saturday. No real clarity on the Illinois quarterback situation today. Lovey Smith didn't really address the, the status update of, of Brandon Peters' injury or Isaiah Williams, who didn't make the trip to Minnesota. So looks like Matt Robinson will probably start uh, this upcoming Saturday. What is that like for a kid who's going to be making – I know he played a lot at Minnesota, but making his first start of his college career most likely against that Michigan defense? Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly going to be a challenge, obviously, because Michigan is – as you know, as good as advertised from a defensive perspective. I mean, if he's the guy, he's going to – well, he's going to prepare this week knowing that he's going to be playing a whole lot more probably than he has any time previously. But um, I think it comes down to game plan too. I mean, look, you're, you're not going to have him go out there and try to do a seven-step drop and have a long play action, right? It's get the ball out of your hands. It's establish the running game. I mean, I think that's one thing from listening to Lovey today. I think they're going to put a heavy emphasis back on the run because uh, that has been the identity of this offense the past year or so. Uh, year and a half or so. So that's, I, I think it's going to be about game planning, about putting guys in positions to succeed. I guess this is an if, but if Matt Robinson is the guy quarterback, does that maybe, 
Can that be the spark the run game needs where it made the offense looks a little more like it did last year with A.J. Bush where, you know, Matt Robinson is a guy that can, that can run the ball and maybe that just, that's something that can click for the run game that, that needs it? Yeah, I think that certainly opens up more things. I mean, because, you know, anytime you have a defense and you're playing against the opposing offense, if that, if that quarterback can hurt you with his legs like A.J. Bush was able to do last year, you have to account for him much more. You know, if I were an opposing defense playing Illinois, you know, this season, I would say, okay, let's, you know, we're going to take Reggie Corbin out of the game. We'll let Brandon Peters beat us with his legs. And so uh, I think it's the kind of thing where, you know, obviously having a quarterback who's a little more mobile there can give you an added dimension, open up some more rushing lanes. Um, hopefully that's what we see on Saturday. Reggie was a little bit banged up earlier, but uh, as, as you mentioned, now they're keying on him, and you don't have the A.J. Bush type of quarterback in there. That uh, Minnesota had eight guys in the box, and they saw that quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is in the passing game, it's like any team in the country. You don't have to be the best passing offense in the country. You just have to be able to take advantage of – what the opposing defense gives you. And in that game Saturday, you know, we saw several drops. We haven't seen that many drops probably all year, but they all kind of come in bunches. So I think it's going to be a matter of he's going to have to be able to throw the ball, and they're going to have to be able to take advantage, again, depending upon uh, the look that Michigan provides on defense. Any questions here in the Esquire? Let me see you, and we'll get a microphone around to you. Martin O'Donnell, former Illinois All-American offensive lineman. You've been doing the uh, radio games with us now for a few years. So you found yourself in the last couple of weeks not doing the game, but keeping an eye on the game. And did you watch it live? Yes. Okay. Did you watch <laughs> it? How how differently did you watch it, knowing that you weren't on the air? Did you throw anything or? Were cuss? you doing your radio analyst at right. home while diaper <laughs> duty was going on? <laughs> no, I mean I, I was a little more distracted than I am, you know, during the booth, you know, watching. You do have to take care of watching Ed. one of three kids. I was about to say instead of Ed Bond, but um, <laughs> no, it, it was a little bit different. It was a little weird. I mean, yeah. So this would be my fifth season um, on the radio, so it was, it was strange to be kind of disjointed from it. Um, but no, I don't think I yelled at the TV that much. I saved that for the Bears game. Did you, watch, did you watch and listen to the radio broadcast at the same time? You know what the right answer is here? Yeah, okay. obviously. <laughs> of course. He was an academic, what, academic All-American, were no, you? No. Just, just all, academic All-Big Ten. Okay, fair enough. He, he, he knows what to say. Uh, you guys sounded great. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the, the run game a little bit. Reggie Corbin's not going to be a guy. I don't think that's going to carry the ball you know, 30 times a game, but... Would you like to see him more involved, you know, 20, 25? Or do you think that just really kind of limits what potential he could do at all? He had 14 carries against Yeah, Minnesota. I mean, right. I mean, you can't take it to the extreme. I think, you know, the way that, you know, when I was playing here at Illinois, you know, Mike Loxley was the offensive coordinator. Loxley is the, is the head coach at Maryland now. And, you know, I've always kind of liked his philosophy where it's basically you identify your playmakers and you chart how many touches they have across the game. And so, therefore, he has a card in front of him where he knows exactly how many times his best playmakers have touched the ball. I think Illinois has got more playmakers this year than we have in years past. I don't think it's an all-on Reggie sort of thing. I think certainly he's, he's kind of the engine that gets the offense going and, and using him when it's most – when it's most effective to use him. Uh, but again, because everybody else is keying on Reggie, he can be a decoy in some scenarios. I mean, I think any time we can get him out uh, in open space is a win. Got a question from the audience? Who was the receiver that got hurt in the game on Saturday? Trevon Sidney. Um, Good question. Well, yeah, uh, Lovey Smith's not you know, real keen on sharing information about injuries, but it uh, looked like 
Uh, probably just from seeing it happen live and then watching the, the, the replay back. Probably a groin injury. Like he just kind of contorted uh, in a way you're not supposed to when he made that catch. So And like he hobbled off the field and last I saw him, like he was laying face down just on the turf, like outside of the medical tent as the trainers were looking at him. So it didn't look good, but obviously we don't have any like official update. Martin, if you were a team leader on this team, because you were one on your team, what would you do? What would you, what would you be your approach both in practice and away from the field? I just think it's a matter of just focusing on the next game. I mean, right, you okay. can learn where you can learn from the past game, but you can't let Minnesota beat you twice. And I, okay. so I think it's a matter of, uh, you know, if you're a leader on this team, I think you've got to make sure that guys understand how to, how to practice coming off a game that's disappointing. I mean, I think young players have to learn that. If you're more experienced, sure. you should know how to do that. Um, you know, and really just focusing on trying to get the best practice. I think they practice hard on, what day is today, Monday? Right, Tuesday. You said it. Bob, Monday. You said I look tired, so I'm it's just October, trying to, um, it's two, October. 2019. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you just can't let them beat you twice. I mean, okay. that, that's the biggest thing. And I think also what you say is if, you know, either side of the ball, I mean, you can look at the film and say, okay, well, that, that's not the team that we think we are. Right. Uh, and, again, I think you just prepare as hard as you can uh, for the next game and just study up on Michigan. That nap to you guys in seven, did it? You guys didn't lose a game twice. Is that right? You we got all the losing out of the way from 2003 to 2006. <laughs> Good point. Get it all yeah. done. Okay, it makes sense. We're talking football with Martin O'Donnell. If you'd like to join us, give us a call, 356-9397. Questions here at the Esquire, let me know. A little bit later on in the show, we'll have Nancy Fay, Illini women's basketball coach, to join us for a few minutes also. You need to take a time out. We'll do that right now. Be back with some more football talk and whatever else might be on your mind. Cardinals still trailing in this ballgame, 4-3 to three in the bottom of the eighth inning now. More from the Esquire in downtown Champaign after this. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Live from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign. Catch every game at the Esquire this season from the Illini to the NFL Sunday ticket. Welcome back, everybody, to Monday Night Sports Talk. We are at the Esquire in downtown Champaign until 6 o'clock tonight. Martin O'Donnell is here. Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, yours truly, Steve Kelly, Ed Bond, all in the house. Nancy Faye will join us a little bit later on. Does uh, playing a blue blood team like Michigan, Martin O'Donnell, get the juices flowing a little more, or is it just another It's one game at a time, Martin, right? It's one game at a time, and Michigan's the next opponent. <laughs> Matt's learning. Thank that. you, Lovey. Yeah, um, he's learning that coach talk, isn't he? Yeah, you know, I I think there's a little, it's it's different. Maybe the first time that you play against them, just because it's you know uniforms that you've seen around and stuff. But I mean, typically it's more, um, a lot of it's more localized in terms of what your matchup is going to be. You know, so the offensive line is going to be worried about how the opposing defensive line is. Um, but to a certain extent, it is another team. And, then, and to be honest, I mean, by the time you get into Big Ten season, it's, you know, it's Michigan, it's Ohio State, it's Penn State, it's Michigan State. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of good programs in the conference. Cardinals just tied the game at four on an RBI single from Yadier Molina, so I just wanted to point that out there. Bottom of the eighth, two outs still. Back, to, fo- back to football. Bob's the, Bob's the Braves fan who showed up to work today with a hoarse voice because he was at game three, apparently cheering on every pitch. It's now true. That's totally true. Uh, looking back on your playing career now that you're a former player and you can speak honestly and open uh, when we ask you questions, uh, was there one team that you just really didn't like playing against? How much time do you have? <laughs> the 
microphone is yours, Martin. No, I think, you know, I think anytime you played, uh, you know, it's the rivalry games. It's Northwestern. Um, you know, Indiana was, you know, a team that, uh, you know, it seemed like there was always a little more cheap shots or something like that. Um, I mean, I want to say Iowa, but I always really enjoyed playing against Iowa because, you know, they play tight techniques, and it's kind of man-on-man, and um, I was much better the closer somebody <laughs> was to me, so I didn't have to move too much. Um, but, no, I, I think, I think it, it's one of those things where um, you play games and you, you have, obviously, rivalries that are, that are created and that, are, that have been in place for a while, but also kind of the way games go. You know, Mizzou, uh, I still don't like Mizzou, but nobody does, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's just kind of one of those things. But those were always the games, you know, for me. Northwestern was a big game. I'm from the Chicagoland area. You know, Indiana, I always thought, was a good rivalry game. Uh, Iowa as well. Again, kind of, it seemed to be kind of those border games. Well, we spent you know, your first segment uh, kind of breaking down the, the, the troubles of the Illinois offense. Uh, Illinois defense isn't trouble-free, uh, especially uh, stopping the run Saturday at Minnesota. Um, what, I guess, do you have the fix for the Illinois defense? I does, does anyone have the fix? Put your defensive coordinator hat on, Martin. Do I have the fix? I mean, I, I think the I think the coaching staff has the fix. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it a lot of it comes down to tackling. I mean, if you a lot of those instances, there's guys that are there able to kind of make the tackles. Um, you know, but just in in general, in terms of the defense, I couldn't tell you. Uh, exactly what the main issue is, but at the end of the day, they have to be able to stop the run. And I think if you can stop the run and, and sacrifice other things in order to do that, um, those are the teams that we have coming up now. It's Michigan's going to want to run the ball against us, Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, you know, especially with some of their quarterback injuries right now, Northwestern. I mean, that's the Big Ten is still very much a running team. And in, in terms of what the solution is to stopping the run better, I mean, you know, I don't fully have it right now, but that's not my full-time job. I mean, the, the tackling issue, and you know, Illinois doesn't tackle in practice. I don't think you know, a lot of teams don't. But is that a hindrance to getting in a game and, and making a play where you know, you're not doing it during the week? Or, or should these guys just be able to tackle at this point? How much tackling did you guys do? You know, we, we, didn't, we never tackled during the season. Really? I don't think so. Well, I, I mean, look, you ta- guys tackling is for the skill position guys, right. right? If you're a lineman, it's full go all day every exactly. day. Exactly. So sure. um, you, you kind of have those reps. But, you know, I think we would do it every now and then. You know, certainly you did some during the preseason. Um, but I don't think we would tackle. Well, I take that back. Maybe they tackled. Maybe scout team. Maybe the team defense tackled the scout team running backs. I'm sure they probably did that some. Is there a team out there, Big Ten-wise or nationally, that you really like, that you really see as, as playing great football right now? There are a couple teams. Maybe maybe kind of a surprise team that you've seen. You know what? I, and I haven't been able to watch them very much, but I'm really intrigued by LSU this year. Okay. I think LSU has always had incredible athletes, and their quarterback play has, also, has always left a lot to be desired. Yeah. But they got Joe Burrows down there now, right. and, uh, the transfer from Ohio State. So I'm, I'm very interested to kind of see – uh, how they do, you know, particularly against Alabama, but uh, some of the other teams. I think Florida is an interesting team. Uh, they beat Auburn this past weekend. Um, but as I look kind of across the Big Ten, I think Penn State's an interesting team. Okay. Um, you know, they're somebody that they're kind of – a lot of people focus on Michigan coming into the year. Right. And obviously Ohio State is really, really good right now. Um, and it's amazing how fast their defense got fixed after being a real problem last year. Right. Um, I think those are some of the teams that I've found kind of interesting. Okay. Lauren and I were talking over the weekend about tackling, 
Lord gets on tangents, as you guys may know. No. Well, he's been paid to go on tangents for a while. But hey, that's right. He's good at it. But Ohio State, just since you mentioned the Buckeyes, they tackle every week, at least one day a week. They, they run these backup running backs and quarterbacks and offense against the number one defense, and yeah. they go to the ground. I don't know. I, I, th- I think that's got to help. It also helps having Ohio State's roster. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, no, I, there's, I mean, there's different ways to do it. I think, uh, you know, it's a philosophy thing for Lovey. I think also uh, the flip side of the argument would be if we start going tackling this week and a defensive starter gets hurt in practice, people are going to turn around and say, why were you guys tackling in practice? I mean, it, I think it's a philosophy thing. You can practice it um, all the way up through bringing them down by contact. But, again, the other way to help with tackling is to get more than one guy to the ball. Um, so I think that's you – know, there's stuff there you're a former offensive lineman and you had a great career at Illinois how would you assess the unit as a whole uh, through five games and again I know you haven't sat down and watched you know the film of all five games because you're a dad of three young children but what do you think so far of the, the offensive line going into the midway point of the season you know I, I think they I think they still show flashes you know I think the, you know my my expectations for this offensive line coming into the year were really, really high. And so the biggest thing that I wanted to see them improve upon was really consistency from game to game. And, you know, again, I think as you look across the board, you know, they've, they've played, you know, they've played pretty well. Um, again, this past game accepted. But I think uh, as a unit, they have not consistently dominated. And that's, that's really my bar for them. And I think any time if you have a passing game that's struggling or if your run game is not going well, I mean, you can just look at the offensive, the offensive statistics for Illinois, and in general, they're, um, they're underwhelming to this point. I think all that comes back to the offensive line. So, you know, I, I think they've most of the time given the team a chance, uh, but they haven't fully dominated on a consistent basis, which is my expectation for them. Maybe you two guys could get a little side job. You don't have enough to do. Get a little side job of uh, doing a little seminar of how it is to deal with Three kids under the age of what? Marry well. Have a great wife. <laughs> exactly. Marry up. End of yeah. class. Yeah. Out. Uh, get I'm, your coverage. I'm just trying to breathe right now because Carlos Martinez is in the game pitching for the uh, Cardinals for you know some what? stupid reason. Turn, am I going to have to have them turn I, that I don't, off? Probably because he's liable to either hit Ronald Acuna Jr. or give up a home run in the next 30 seconds. You're not. Uh, the only person in central Illinois hyperventilating at the moment. I needed, I needed to bring that brown paper bag I have at the office. <laughs> Some uh, exciting stuff going on this week, Bob. Yes, sir. Ball game here. How much of uh, eyes, <laughs> eyes on me, Bob. I see Bob's favorite football player is coming into town. Dick Butkus right. is coming to town to have the, his statue unveiled. 12-foot, 1,000-pound statue outside of uh, the uh, Smith Center. It'll probably tackle people as they walk by it. Wouldn't that be <laughs> cool? Like a, tackle, a surreal tackle feature. But yeah, it's very cool. Very well deserved. Uh, should have been done, honestly, 20 years ago or 30 years ago. But they're doing it. So I was just there, there today at the podium. It's up. I assume they're going to do it in secrecy, dark of night. Put the George Landine statue up. But it's going to be just awesome. And I think Dick is certainly going to cry. He's going to cry like a baby. We should not laugh at him for that. We should be happy he does that. Be happy that he, care, he cares so much about this place, that it means so much to him to see that. And he also, I think, argued against this thing. He said, I, I don't really want this. 
and they said, come on, let's, let's you know, you, you deserve this. Yeah, I don't think he thinks that. And that's what made him so great. He didn't deserve anything in his mind, but he just worked for everything. And that's why, honestly, if they had a couple of dick practices on their current team, they'd probably be where Alabama or LSU is. Maybe they could uh, make it so the eyes of Dick Butkus, when you walk by, just follow you walk by. Right, that'd be cool. Scare a, people. Have a little soundtrack in there, him growling at you. You guys remember him late in his career. They were playing somebody, maybe the Packers. They blocked a kick, and he were, he caught a uh, one-point conversion pass for a for two-point conversion or one-point conversion at that point, and they won the game. You remember this or not? Am yeah, I making uh, this up? Uh-huh. That's that's kind of tells you. Okay, the guy was obviously a great linebacker, but he also had ball skills. Pretty cool. Margot Donald was with us for another couple of minutes. Uh, when a, when a guy, I don't know if this happened to you when you were playing, but uh, when a guy like Dick Butkus is in town, or Jim Grabowski, or a Hall of Famer, uh, like they've had uh, David Williams in town just a couple of weeks ago, and those guys get a chance to talk to the team. How important is that? And as a player, what's that like to, to, to hear guys like that? No, I think it's great anytime. I mean, there's obviously been a lot of really good football players that have come through the University of Illinois. And so anytime you can have them come back uh, and talk to the team, I think it's, it certainly helps. It provides a boost, uh, you know, because at, at one point in time, you know, those guys who are, you know, really well respected and went on to have incredible careers or, or be like Dick Butkus and also become more of a cultural icon too, you know, kind of all the Hollywood stuff. Um, you know, it's great because it, it helps guys to kind of project, hey, here's maybe what I can do or here. The University of Illinois helped this person get there. I can do that too. So I, I think it certainly helps. I think it certainly gives a boost. And I think it's great that he's going to be back in town. Well, Martin, uh, you get a, a one-on-one interview every week with Lovey Smith, and there's regularly a maybe an off-the-wall oddball question. Like, do you just, you know, make up a list of these he before the it. season starts? Or are you just off the cuff trying to get, you know, some type of – visceral reaction from Lovey with uh, uh, a different type of question. He learned it from uh, being interviewed by Bob for four years. I was easy on him. He was awesome, though, <laughs> so it's easy. Uh, no, I t- usually my entire goal is to try to get some kind of reaction from him. Um, just because a lot of times coming from that press conference, there's none. Um, and he's just a, a blank slate, which is his goal, right? I mean, that's, that's Lovey doesn't want to give anybody anything. That's fine. Um, that's really my goal is to try to, you know, it kind of started from a point of curiosity. I'm pretty sure at this point we've been doing it five years. I've probably asked him the same question several times. Um, otherwise, I'm just curious. I have. There's been occasions where I've just kind of Googled, you know, deep philosophical questions. <laughs> and so Google, Google helps from time to time. But um, I'm trying to think of what I asked him uh, for this week's. It was earlier today, but I can't remember. Um, but, you no, I, I, just, I try to get some kind of reaction out of him. Um, you know, that's it. and he's he's usually pretty good about it, but he consistently, as I'm sure you know, you guys know, Lovey will not give me a straight answer on anything, and so I try to call him out on it. and It doesn't work, but <laughs> I'll ask him blue or red, green. Well, you know, there's there's good parts to all those. <laughs> Thanks, coach. <laughs> Purple. Just hey, Martin, we appreciate your time. Always good to visit with you, and look forward to having you back in the booth. Coming up uh, on Saturday. Look forward to being there. Thanks for having me, guys. That's Martin O'Donnell, everybody, from our broadcast radio team. We'll take a break and be back with more Monday Night Sports Talk here at the Esquire in downtown Champaign after this. Stay with us. It's Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. 
Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Try their famous burgers or specialty pizzas while you watch the game. Welcome back, everybody, to Monday Night Sports Talk. We're here for another uh, 15 minutes or so at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Volleyball news. The Illini win a couple on the road over the weekend at uh, Indiana and Purdue. Nice win over Purdue. They move up uh, one spot in the rankings to number 17 and have a couple of players mentioned today, Scott. Yeah, uh, Ashlyn Fleming was named the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. It was her first uh, conference honor of her career, at least you know, weekly awards go. And then Diana Brown was the co-freshman of the year, uh, the Illinois setter. Had a really good weekend, double-double uh, and assists and digs in both matches, and uh, kind of continues to kind of solidify her spot there. And obviously, you know, the Purdue one was the biggest, and they essentially took their spot in the rankings. You know, Purdue was number 17, so beat them and move up. Basketball news, uh, media day for the Big Ten was last week. The media day coming up on Friday. Nancy Fay and Brad Underwood will talk about their respective teams, and each will have an open scrimmage on Friday from 4.30 to 6 at Ubbin. It'll be the you know, women's team on display there. And then from uh, 6 to 7.30, the men's basketball team will be scrimmaging. It'll be good to, well, at least practicing. I'm not sure how much it will actually be scrimmaged, but there'll be some. Yeah, hopefully uh, a lot of scrimmage because that's, I think, I can get more from them playing five-on-five five against each other than, you know, running uh, offensive and defensive drills, which, you know, that's, uh, those are fine as well. you gotta got to do the work uh, in the, the, the preseason, but it uh, be interesting to get another look uh, at, uh, at Brad Underwood's team and just uh, see how things uh, are progressing with the, the season's you know, less than a month away you know, from starting, which seems crazy, but also I'm ready. It's basketball time. Shouldn't they just have a dunk contest on Friday night too? I mean, we talked about this in my podcast. You can listen to Inside Illini Basketball anywhere you can find your podcast. But uh, Shameless plug? Yeah, uh, just a plug. Not even shameless. <laughs> I have no shame. Uh, but I think it's the perfect time for Kofi Coburn to break a backboard. Just get out there, hammer a dunk, get the fans you know pumped up. And you know, they bought uh, a replacement for this instance, so I think just get it out of the way now. Give us somebody on the men's basketball team that might be flying under the radar at this point. I know it's early, but give me somebody that you think might be set for a breakout year, Scott. Zach Griffith, Fisher, walk on. I, I mean, he's putting in the work and practice, having to guard Kofi every New, day. News Gazette correspondent from Italy as yeah. well. Uh, I, Zach's great, but maybe not going to have a breakout season. I think you know, maybe everyone kind of talks about Alan Griffin and Tevian Jones having, having to have a breakout season, but I think the one guy that I, we probably still don't talk enough about is Andres Feliz. And you know, the second half of last season, I think he finally got comfortable uh, playing in the Big Ten. And I mean, obviously Illinois has a lot of guards, but uh, Andres it could play an even bigger role. And I think the one thing that you know, he didn't do last season was really shoot any threes you know, at all, but... Uh, if you look at his JUCO career, his first season at, at Northwest Florida State, it was the same deal. And he came back as a sophomore and shot you know, 42% from three, took a bunch, made a bunch. And, you know, he worked uh, really, when I talked with him, you know, the, a couple times this spring and summer, that's all he was working on was his three-point shot. For those that are wondering, they're not in attendance here. They weren't clapping about your response for Andres Feliz. They're clapping because Nancy Fay, the Illinois women's basketball coach, is here. 
<laughs> off of practice. She got uh, door-to-door service. And, yeah, and Nancy, I hope, since you lived so long and coached so long and worked so long in St. Louis, me being a Cardinals fan, Scott being a Cardinals fan, Steve being a Cardinals fan, that you can bring some of that St. Louis mojo now. They're tied 4-4 in the bottom of the ninth against the Braves. Yeah, you might not bring it up because I started watching him yesterday at the ninth. Inning. Oh. So, yeah, we, I might not be the good luck charm. All right. I should have yeah. asked you that, that off the air. <laughs> <laughs> How's practice going? Just came from it. Um, you know, I think we're about 10 practices in. Uh, you know, obviously we miss our seniors and Alex, but it's a got three new freshmen in and uh, Taylor from softball. The excitement, and the energy, and practice is is great. It's um, I do have my whistle off, don't I? Yeah, I'm good. All right. <laughs> does this time of year leading up? You know, you're within a month of the season. Does this does this time move slow or fast for you as a head coach? Honestly, I think it moves slower for the players and fast for the coaches yeah. because I think players. You know, and I said we only got 29 practices before we play, and they looked at me like that looked like a long time. And I'm like, I could have, you know, we want 40. But I think that's the beauty of this because there's a time that everybody wants to get playing. I'm a big scrimmage coach. I let our kids go up and down at the end. I think it's more fun to get in shape with the basketball in their hands and me having them on the inline. So um, we just came off of, a, um, you know, a good half hour up and down, and it's coming together. It's exciting. Give us some... Uh not, not a scouting report necessarily, kind of early for that, but some details of what you've seen from this group so far. You know, I, I think that in the past, you know, I think our anchors were Brandy, you know, um, and Alex Whitaker, and I think that the difference now is that it's, we've got a, a little bit different blend. We've got a nice group of older kids, experienced. Petra's back, which is exciting from her, her surgery. So you have that, that experience along with uh, freshmen that are very talented. Um, so we have a little more um, opportunity to swing the ball to a lot of kids that can score, which takes pressure off. If you have one kid, I think, trying to do a lot of the work, it's easy to scheme against. And we got, we got schemed quite a bit last year. So I'm excited that, you know, there's a lot of people that can shoot it. Um, like I said, with having Petra and Allie and those guys back, it really gives us a little more balance. Your team got to take a, uh, a trip to Australia you know, this, uh, in August. Um, it's did you get a chance to maybe get an idea of what it's going to look like, you know, post Alex Wittinger, just maybe you know, playing some real, some real games? I mean, yeah, the results maybe didn't necessarily matter, you know, score-wise, but just do you have a, a better idea going into the season about maybe what you've got than you would have, you know, without that? It's it was a perfectly timed trip for this program at this time um, because it, it gave us an opportunity to see the freshmen and um, mix in with the upper upperclassmen. We put a new offense in that allows for a lot of um, opportunities for make reads. Um, and I think they saw that. Plus when you play, it's only a 24 second shot clock. So the pace is amazingly faster. And I think that was actually a good thing for us to play at a higher pace. And that is, we got to get some easy shots and that's what we're going to work on. How will this team maybe look different than last year's team? Winning. Um, I mean, I think everybody, you know, we talk about the process of this. I, I compare last year to playing um, horseshoes. We got close. You know, we got into games where we lost to Indiana in overtime, lost to Clemson in overtime, both their NCAA tournament teams. We were up by 12 against Northwestern, couldn't quite finish it. And it's like, you know, we don't play horseshoes. And that's why it hurt a little bit more last year. Like, you can't see that progress if, unless you're in the gym um, or at the games. But we saw that progress. So the difference is, is that winning mentality is flipping that over to those games that are close that we're supposed to win those. 
Uh, and I, like I said, you, you, don't, you don't replace Alex in the starters from last year. You, what you do is you play the strengths of this team. And for that reason, it's a little bit more higher pace and ball movement. How much more comfortable are you in year three with the players, the staff, just knowing where things are in Champaign-Urbana compared to when you, when you got the job here two and a half years ago? I still pretty much know how to get to my house in the oven right now. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think the comfort right now is, and I don't know how to explain this, I can demand more from my team now. Uh, I, you know, when you first come in, trying to figure things out, you get them rolling and you push them. But right now, we understand the urgency and we have the, the skills and the understanding and the relationships built off the court that just create a different atmosphere on the court. Um, if you don't know your kids, it's not going to help to push them. And we can push a little in a different way. And, and knowing the Big Ten, knowing what our strengths are and where we're going is much different than three years ago. How's the confidence going to be? Last year, obviously, pretty good. Is there strong across the board? The Big think? Ten. Big Ten. Big Ten Conference? Yeah. You know, people often ask, like, did you look at your schedule? You right. know, and who are you playing twice and who are you playing once? And I get that's a thing to do. Right. I can't care about that. Okay. I, I am I am like, you know, everybody's good. Everybody is going to be competitive. And for me to go, you know, I just think it's next game, next game, right. next practice. And if I if we approach that and stop caring, oh, well, so-and-so is supposed to be so-and-so good. And so-and-so is supposed to be, you know, the Big Ten is going to be good no matter what. Okay. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I think we got six cents, and I think one team chose not to go to the NIT last year. Right. So there's no, there's no breaks. But... Um, you know, obviously, the, you know, Maryland's probably going to be picked again. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ohio State brought in a, an incredible recruiting class. So, you know, I'm just kind of focusing in on, yes, how competitive it can be, incredibly. But i got to work on tomorrow. Just a minute or two left on the show, but a question here in the audience. Who will be playing Alex's position this year? Um, well, I, don't, I haven't really picked a starting lineup in that respect. If I told him now, I'd probably go back to the gym and get hit on. Um, you know, um, they're still working for those spots. I, I think that, the, it, you know, we'll probably shuffle a freshman. Um, one of our, you know, Mackenzie Blazek got a lot of minutes last year, but she's, we got a couple injuries she's battling through, another kid's battling through. We get them back to healthy. Um, it's just it's playing her position, but it's going to be uh, – we're going to have to – it's a committee this year, does that make sense? You're going to see much more of a committee and uh, team approach. And not that we did what we should have done last year. You, know, you would all looked at me. If I didn't get Alex the ball, you probably thought I needed a new job. But that's it's just a different look. It'll be a different looking team. Uh, you mentioned uh, Taylor Edwards uh, yep. coming over from, from softball. I mean, she was a four sports star at Arcola, but it's been a while since she had been on the basketball court. Uh, I guess what did she look like early on, and, and what do you feel like maybe she can bring? Just obviously, yeah, she's a, I mean, a terrific competitor just a, as a base. Um, I think anybody in this room, if you know Taylor Edwards, when you say competitor, that's almost a, you got to even say it more. Her heart is as big as orange and blue as I've met anybody as a player. Uh, she is incredible what she's done for our locker room. She has not, she has won every, you know, when you do a touch, you know what I'm talking about? The sprint, she's won every single one. You know what everybody else is doing right now? Chasing her. Now just lot. think about that. Our, our, even our sprints now, because of Taylor Edwards coming out there, being in that locker room. I'm just feeling glad she's, glad she's in line, aren't you? 
Nancy, we wish we had more time, and we're out of time, but we appreciate your hustle. Thank yeah, you. I'm trying, man. Thank you. And we'll have you on again here uh, during the basketball season. That's Nancy Fay. Thanks to Martin O'Donnell as well. High School Sports Prep Confidential coming up. We've also got the uh, Lovey Smith Show tonight at 7 from Papa Dell's Pizza here on WDWS. Appreciate you listening. Thanks to Ed Bond and Tamara McDaniel as well. This is Steve Kelly. We'll talk to you again next week from the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Have a good evening, everybody.